Welcome everyone, we are back this week with another podcast. We were not here last week. J-Mac, I don't know if you want to tell the uh, the budding audience why we were not here last week. <sighs> it's a wee bit of uh, a, a bummer. A bum it's, note. A, it's an absolute bummer. <laughs> uh, basically what happened was last Tuesday at work, I started to get a familiar feeling in my downstairs region. A familiar feeling that I experienced in the summer of last year when I was on holiday in Lanzarote that turned out to be a bummer obsess, right? So I thought, you know what, nip it in the bud. I know where this is going. I know how bad it's going to get. I'll go to the doctors and get it dealt with early. So I go to the doctors. They're like, can't really see it. I was like, I feel it. So like, I know it's, it's fucking there. It's hurting. And he's like, just wait until it gets worse and come back. I'm like, oh, class. that's just, I mean, every other advert, have you had a cough for more than three weeks? Get to the hospital. Have you got a sore bum? Sorry. Um, so I ended up going back on the Friday. They found it. And I was thinking the same thing was going to happen as last time. A wee spray with some cold spray to numb the area. Poke me open and just drain me like a fucking personal capsule. Um, but, no, got sent to hospital, general anaesthetic, out of the game, uh, full-on operation uh, on, on my perirectal abscess. Uh, so I've been in recovery for the last week, so it's been tough. The, um, the general anaesthetic had a weird effect on me. It made every muscle in my body feel like it had been to the gym for the first time in 10 years. <laughs> um, it does, doesn't happen very often, but fucking lucky me. Um <laughs> But it can happen with it because when you when you get put under a general anaesthetic, you get you're essentially getting temporarily paralysed, and basically sometimes when your muscles come back to life again, they're like, "What the fuck?" So uh-huh. that's basically what happened to me. So I have been in a been in a lot of pain, but here I am sitting here comfortably today, thanks to the wonderful staff at uh, Gen- Gen- what do you call it, Wishaw Glasgow. General Hospital, Glasgow Hospital. Uh, <laughs> pardon me. So. Thanks very much to the staff and nurses at Wishaw General. They were they were fantastic. And thanks to the random Ned that was in the bed next to me. He was endlessly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that sounds nothing worse than having folk finger your arse while it's there. Well, at least I was asleep for it. <laughs> you know what, I mean? what was my doctor's <laughs> name? Dr. Bill Cosby. That's that was his name. <laughs> no worries. Well, tonight we have a guest, a special guest. Um, big thanks to Brian Trainer from Thirty Three Pictures tonight joining us. Um, he's just running a little bit late. Is Eric Barkey? That's how you say his name, eh? Barkey. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, confirmed by watching a previous interview where the guy just asked him how do you pronounce this. So, um, <laughs> but um, but actually, you can you can kind of work it out just by looking at it. It's, it's Barkey. Um, so yeah, Eric Barkey is Bruce Willis's uh, stand-in stroke stunt double has been for the last what fifteen years, something like that. Um, so it should be an interesting conversation. Uh, the the guy he does have a, a kind of striking resemblance to, to Bruce Willis, but you'll see that when he comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it should be a, a fun conversation. Ah, absolutely. Um, we all love Bruce Willis. One of my favorite films. <sighs> How, how do you how do you rank Bruce Willis films? For Die Hard down. That's the, it's the only way to rank Bruce Willis films. Die Hard Sixth is Sense Pinnacle class. Willis. Uh, Sixth Sense, Sixth Sense was really good. I, I just, unfortunately, I had the big sense 
ruined for me. The, the big sense. The six <laughs> ah, the big sense. <laughs> the big sense. Um, Ving Rhames and the big sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I had uh, my oldest brother, um, Graham, he went to see it at the cinema and he came back and I was like, how was the film? And he, he said, oh, it was good. Can I tell you one bit? I was like, aye. He said, Bruce Willis is a ghost. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, when he told me that, I was like, all right, cool. I had no idea the significance of that until I watched it about maybe two, three months later when I seen it. <laughs> I burst out the room and was like, you're a fucking dick, man. That's like <laughs> Why'd you have a, to tell a me Kev that? level. That's Kev level spoilerific. It was like the time I, I was sitting down to watch Million Dollar Baby. Like, I'd never seen it before. I've got it up on the, the living room telly at my mum and dad's house. I was still living at home at the time. And then uh, my brother-in-law, Ian, walked in. So I paused it, and it happened to just have the title on the screen just at the starting credits. Uh, and he was like, oh, Million Dollar Baby. Good movie. Good movie. How is it she dies again? I was like, don't know, mate. I've never seen it. Didn't know she died. Yeah, prick. And then I met this guy called Kevin. <laughs> Who likes to endlessly spoil everything? <laughs> but he'll always say, "Listen, no spoilers. Everybody died." <laughs> no, I don't think I. I don't think I absolutely. I don't think I do it deliberately. No, I, I know I don't do it deliberately, and I'm sure I don't even spoil it. I'm sure you just take fit what you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, no. You definitely spoil things. The, the, the mm. one that sticks out for me was the Spider-Man one for uh, Avengers <laughs> Endgame. You know, like, no spoilers, right? But it's like see, see in the comic. In the comic, Thanos picks, he picks Spider-Man up by the head and just poof, crushes his head. I'm like, all oh, right, cool. And he's like, that doesn't happen in the film, but he does die, but no like that. I was like, that's kind of a spoiler, man. I don't know where your, your computation starts and ends for working out what a spoiler is. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you, told me, if you told me that Jesus died at the end of Passion of the Christ, I'd be like, well, I know that. That's that's going to happen. But with if I told you like, he did, you'd be like, yeah, that's a spoiler. Because I always thought he did. Aye, that's true. That's true. I'm surprised you yeah. never told me that. <laughs> well, you yeah. probably saw Passion of the Christ before me. I did. I seen it in the cinema. It was it was funny, man. Because when I was in seeing it, there was clearly a church group in it at the same time. Oh. <laughs> all the all these like middle to middle aged to senior people came in and sat right down the front. <laughs> and they, when they walked when they walked out, I've never seen such beleaguered faces in my life. Because every hard. other version of the Passion of the Christ before that was so sanitized. Like every other version of Jesus' story and his crucifixion, mm. it was like he got he got the 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 uh, thorny crown put in his head, yeah, a couple of wee drips of blood down his face, and that was it. Mel Gibson's like, nope. <laughs> hey, I uh, I actually found this in the shop the other day. It's a very great edition. Nice. Remember 15? When did that become a 15? What was it initially? An 18? It was always an 18. Uh, this edition's is 15. Deservedly so. This is a, a Blu-ray and DVD extended edition. Hey. What, is it no long enough? <laughs> Do you know what's funny? I walked into the shop, right? It was a tenner. And I'm like, I, I said to the wee woman, I was like, look, I didn't buy Blu-rays at a tenner. No, nowadays. I thought, I really want this one, though. I says, oh, I'll talk myself out of it. I'll see you, wee, see, see you later. Walked out, came back in. I was like, "Give me it." <laughs> she was like, going to say that she was nice, and you know, you had to be to and fro. You had a bit of a pawn stars moment. Like, I'll give you two bucks for it. <laughs> no, I came back. I was like, "Give me it." Uh, I says, "Give me that Star Wars Blu-ray collection." I know. She goes, "I'll give them both for 15 I was like, "Fucking, I could shag you right now." If she wasn't like ninety, <laughs> such a sweet lady though. Uh, don't stop me. <laughs> She's a sweet lady, though. A sweet lady. Yeah. Was, that so the that... Charity sh- was that the charity shop? 
Uh, aye, it was one of them. Uh, Actually, ten pounds a lot for a charity uh, shop, like right. Well, and, and especially for this one, those this one's a fair shop. The other one I go into, you go in there, and it's like finding dory, right? They've got the official finding dory there. It's got like a, a a mug stain on it and a rip, still going for like forty five quid. It's like, give yourself a fucking break, man. <laughs> have you so seen I, these? Have you seen these um, AI Pixar movie posters that've been kicking about recently? No, but they sound amazing. Oh, they are so they're they're really out of order, but properly fine. Uh, like uh, they've they've got them. There's there's like, uh, the there's like a Pixar version. They like the boy in the striped pajamas. There's there's also one called it's like apostrophe cost like Holocaust, and it's just oh, it's no. a big picture of a Pixar version of Adolf, and you're know, like this is weird. But my the most disgusting one I seen was finding chemo, and it was oh, just a wee, no. a wee bo- Lying in a hospital bed, smiling like that. I was like, "Oh my god, this oh, is no." This is I, I refuse to believe that those uh, AI would come up with that. I believe that uh, someone done it in the style of AI to get away with it. No, they're too, the good. AI. They're, they're, they're too good. They're too good, man. I and and there's so many of them that it's, you know it's just people that have seen one and then just started going for it. Um, but don't get me wrong; some of them are genuinely funny, but some of them you're just like, "Oh, that's on the edge, man." <laughs> Um, but that's a, that's a um, bit, that's a bit sad. That's a bit sad. By the way, everyone that's watching this that is local to us, we will be in Bathgate next Saturday. This is coming Saturday for Ash Price. Um, that's going to be one hell of a show. We just wrapped up a show in Alloa, fairly intimate. Um, and he done the Ouija board, and it was quite a spectacle. The good thing about this is it's a night off for us. We technically don't need to do much. We'll do a wee Q and A at the end, but otherwise, Ash has got it in the bag so if you want to, oh no you can't it's sold it so if you're coming we'll see he's there they probably try to push any tickets <laughs> I, it's, like, it's the first time we've actually had to plug something that we don't need to sell <laughs> oh, no. yeah. so it sold like that as well it was within Aye. a few days it was sold out man yeah. it, 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 but this this guy is this guy's really good man he caught our attention and mm-hmm. that's that's something we've, we've seen a lot of, throughout the years of doing this podcast we've seen a lot of crap um but th- this guy was Really, pretty phenomenal, to be honest. Um, See, the, the other night, I, so I, I wasn't sure if I was doing a Q&A with Ash. And then after his show, he was like, you want to come do a Q&A? I was like, ah, fuck it, we'll go. Sat down, I'm thinking, right, right, off the cuff, right, which five years of podcasting has prepared me for. <laughs> no issues whatsoever. That's funny. I was like, I'm going to say all my stuff that I usually say, but I'm also going to just proper plagiarize all J-Max stuff, right? So I'm sitting there like in front of all this crowd, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, and we're talking about spiritualists, and they're answering questions and stuff and it comes up it's like what about the frauds and i'm like yeah yeah i'm like oh that reminds me of the time derek akura was like oh, got your dog here it says woof place <laughs> 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 when, when you do it when i'm there that's upsetting enough but to know that you're doing it behind my back Kevin, behind my back stab me in the back i thought you were my friend i thought you were my friend no <laughs> <laughs> so this is when you admit that I'm the funniest one, eh? Is, that, is, this, is this you? Is this you, you admitting your... that I'm the funniest? You have your moments. You've got your moments. Aye, I do. I also have my downfalls. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have them. Hey, it was so funny though. It's like I was just channeling you. So it's like <laughs> when, when, still getting... when we were on stage for Dick Dynamite, I had big Clive Russell sitting next to me, and I had two moments with him. But first of all, I was oh, like, no. "Oh, Coronation Street's like seventy grand an episode, and it's pish." And he's like, "Yeah, I was in that." And then <laughs> I just and, not pish. <laughs> and then at one point, I just started stumbling, and then Clive goes like this: "You're drowning." <laughs> <laughs> 
every I was like, I'm not drowning, I'm, I'm treading water. <laughs> every, every time, man, every time. Um, I'm trying to think last time that you kind of stumbled. Nah, it's always funny. It's always, it's class, especially live. I was off stage at that point. I had given my mic to, uh, what's his face? Snars, who was class. Um, yeah. So that was class. <laughs> and the first thing I said to him was, you're a lot weirder than you were in the film. <laughs> uh, Kevin's gone. I've seen a little. A little no, it's all good. Side, so still can... here, just <laughs> perks of having a wife out at work on a Sunday night. And even though I'm like, do not come <laughs> in tomorrow. Oh, you need to have a word with the manager and get him to change the fucking rota, eh? Well, <laughs> believe me, believe me, this is the best rota that works for her. So that's the I most am. important thing. Happy wife, happy uh, life. It does a, not exist. Who was it? It was a comedian I seen talking about it recently. He's like, it was an Australian guy. It might have been Jim Jeffries, and he's like that. He's like, you've heard the saying, "Happy wife, happy life." You never hear the opposite. It's more like, "Happy husband." We'll fucking see about that. <laughs> God, oh, no. Jim Jeffries was was excellent. I think he's changed now, but he was excellent. I think he's still got it. He's still got it. See when he when he does his own. Like Netflix mm. specials and stuff, he's still up there, but his own show is kind of pretty sanitized because of the American rules about what you can and can't say on on TV. Um, but anyway, let's talk Bruce. Let's talk Bruce Willis, man. This, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a an absolute legend in our field of expertise in the in the world of movies. Um, he's he's up there. I mean, we've got we grew up with Sly Stallone and Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis. You know that this is Van Damme, the, Eric Roberts. Uh, Eric Roberts, not for me. Man, like, he's not. I'm not saying he's not for me. I'm just saying. I'm saying that I never really watched any of his stuff. I never. I've still never seen Best of the Best. Um. So <laughs> you're you're kind of you get, you get where I'm evening Matthew Man Matthew Man is in there. Evening gents. Uh, why am I saying evening gents? <laughs> um. <clears throat> so um. But yeah, Die Hard. I mean, Die Hard's one of these films that you, you watch when you're a kid. And, and it's, again, it's like a almost a Robocop situation where you go, why did I see that when I was a kid? Is it, mm. But it's, the thing is, I showed it to my son, who's nine. I showed it to him earlier this year, and he thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, mm. I think that we have the conversation before we watch any films like like that, the violent movies and stuff. I'm like, listen, remember, none of this stuff you see is real. And well, that's it just this didn't happen, but it just happens in life, but not <laughs> not in this. Um, so it's not real. If you fall off a building, you will die. That that element is is real. Um, but um, actually, can I say is real? That I no, you cannot. Uh, that's it. We're banned. We're half. Yeah. Um, by the time <clears throat> Eric, by the time Eric shows up, we'll be we'll be half. <laughs> and that's without getting banned. <laughs> I'm well, I'm ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, that's one thing that like, I'm proud of. We've never actually been banned. I think we, we got kicked off once because we, we took a chance. We took a, a real chance. Got an absolute warning. We got one of those, here's your first strike, which you're only allowed like two. And that was because of our episode that covered Hellraiser. I have no idea what we said. In no, that, no, no, no. It... I'm, I'm talking about when we just full on live streamed the movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a movie we thought nobody would really care about. And then they clearly cared. somebody did. <laughs> <laughs> they cared. Quick, what, they cared. What was that again? What was that again? It was uh, American Samurai. American Samurai. Yeah, oh, that was right. terrible. Um, uh, it was class back when I remember watching it the first time. 
the thing is, it shows it goes to show how your your attitudes about movies change over the years. Like As you, you saw it when you were attention. a kid. <laughs> you, you, had, you saw it when you were a kid, so you, you had like a real fond place in your heart for it. Um, I didn't, so I was watching it going, "This is so so bad." Although Marty Cascos is classy, always is very very capable uh, martial artist. Hmm. Hey, who are some martial artists in cinema? That we don't actually know we're martial artists until we've seen a film with them as martial artists. I think Kevin James is a kick-ass martial artist, no? Uh, he, you know, he was a he was a high school wrestler, so he, he's definitely athletic. Um, but he trained um, in MMA for Here Comes the Boom, um, and it shows. Do you know what I mean? And he got in really good shape for it. I mean, he, he was he wasn't he wasn't slim, but you could tell by looking at him that he was really strong. Mm -hmm. You know, very very strong guy, um, and like he, he managed to pull off. I mean. Uh, he managed to, to pull off a martial arts movie um, mm. in the shape that he was in. And Do you know there's a film coming up right now with uh, Zac Efron and it's about the Von Erich family. It's a wrestling movie. So do you remember, remember the Mickey Rock film, The Wrestler? Mm -hmm. Did you watch it? Mm -hmm. So that's fairly accurate for a wrestler's life. Well, the was it called The Claw, the Claw Grip or something like that? It's the new film that Basically, Zach Efron plays Kerry Von Erich. It's about the famous wrestling family, the Von Erichs. This is a film you will like, J-Mac. Whether you like wrestling or not, you're <clears> going <throat> to like the film. Very much like The Wrestler. It's going to go into the... I'll, I'll be honest, man. I actually wasn't that keen on The Wrestler. Um, I, th I thought it was... I, th I just found it pretty boring. Um, like, as far as acting went, it was very, very good. But I just I did, I didn't really engage with the story. Again, maybe with a rewatch after... Gaining a, a real, well, what I would consider a real understanding of what wrestling is and the kind of stuff that can go on behind the scenes. Um, maybe I would enjoy it more now. Um, but I definitely look forward to the um, the Zac Efron one. Mm, Matthew says, I only just found out Texas Tornado only had one leg. Uh, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm looking down here, uh, looking at Eric's. That's why he was called the tornado. He just kept going in circles. <laughs> um, so Eric was in Shot in the Heart. It's a film I've never seen. Uh, the Wire, Ladder 49, My One and Only, Blood and Bronze, The Blacklist, great show. Did you ever watch Blacklist? No, um, my wife did. And our parents did. They, they loved it. The thing is, it's, it's one of the ones that I, I will watch because I love James Spader. I think he's awesome. Aye, he is very good. And he's one of my favourite things in the, the office, the American office. He he's phenomenal in that. He's, he's so he's one of these guys that you just would hope you would never know. Um, yeah, his character was was fantastic. Um uh, it was also in uh, the Starving Games, which is a spoof of obviously the <laughs> Hunger Games, which looks class. I need to actually watch that. Th thanks for clearing that one up for me, man. I would never have watched that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's in Death Wish, which is a class film. But the Death Wish is really good. Like As, as far as remakes go, Death Wish was actually class. Um, in fact, somebody had mentioned it to me recently that they'd, they'd watched it again, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to rewatch it, and I, I haven't yet, but I, I definitely will. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's... <laughs> it must be... I can't wait till he comes on. Uh, hopefully, it won't be too long until he's in. Um, Five but it, it must be it must be phenomenal to be able to look back and things like that and go. Ah, I was I worked on that. I was I was in that. You, know, you can see the back of my head there. Look, um, <laughs> <laughs> <moments>. a smile ball. <laughs> that's what I would. That's what I would be like. 
I, <laughs> I still watch the short film we made, and I'm like, oh, that's me, look, that's me, that's me, that's me on the telly. <laughs> I mean, you could do that now if you just put the YouTube app on. You can watch us live on the telly. What? This tip, this oh, tip. right. Like, this, uh, of course. Of course. Folk, folk do that, by the way. Folk have us up on their TV. In the living I know, room. it's nice. It's nice to know that the people let us into their homes this time on a Sunday without having to rob them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that thing I sent you with the uh, sleep paralysis robber? <laughs> the job he was funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing, laughing in it. <laughs> Guy's like... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Absolutely stuck, man. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. That, that's class, eh? Yeah. Um. So when it when it comes to to Mister Willis, let's put Die Hard aside for a minute, right? Because Die Hard is is his Mount Rushmore, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, up up to a point. Um, what's what's your what do what do you rate behind the behind Die Hard? Well, I do like the Sixth Sense, mm-hmm. even though, like, as much as it's a Bruce Willis film, people recognise that more as an M. M. Night Shyamalan film, which of course it is, and Bruce Willis is a part of that rather than it being a Bruce Willis film. Was that easy to say? That's yeah, his very... character's pretty low key. You know, right? it's not, it's not a kind of larger than life. I um, mean, he, mm-hmm. he always kind of plays the everyman that's been put in extraordinary mm-hmm. situations. That's his, that's his kind of shtick. Um, but in that film, like he has very, very low keys, a very whispery, very whispery role. Um, I love, um, I love Luke who's talking. <laughs> Matthewman <laughs> loves Last Boy Scout is awesome. Ah, I remember when he, uh, when he punched uh, the guy for Sons of Anarchy when he punched his nose through his brain. That was <laughs> class. Because uh, he punches him, he punches him when he's he's tied up in the chair. He's like, Poof, and he's like, you do that again, I'll kill you. He does Death again, becomes our class. <laughs> Death Becomes that I haven't seen since I was a kid, and I think there's a lot of stuff in that as, as a kid that you don't really get. So again, it's probably it's probably worth uh, a rewatch. Mm. I love Goldie Hawn. You know, I always have. So does Kurt uh, Russell. <laughs> well, kind of goes with it saying, doesn't it? Had kids with him and stuff, so it's good All to right. love somebody in that situation. <laughs> um, but I didn't realise that... Um, I used to watch this programme, Rules of Engagement. Um, it was a comedy show on Comedy Central. Um, and it was Patrick Warburton uh, was the kind of main guy in it, and you had David Spade, and you had Oliver Hudson, who I never realised was their kid until uh, re- relatively recently. He's in Nashville and stuff as well. Um, you watch Nashville? Uh, no, my wife watches Nashville. I just happened to Same. have walked in it a few times. Same. Um, it's, it's probably a good show. It's probably a good show. Mate, it's, it's my music. I love a bit of country. You know me. I put the cunt in country. <laughs> Doesn't country have an O in it? <laughs> yeah, everybody always says I'm a complete count. <laughs> what was it? What was that scene? Uh, it, was, it was a. It was like one of these memes, and it says, uh, "Kingdoms are run by kings." Um, it says, well, "Who runs a country?" <laughs> I was like, "That's pretty, pretty spot on for modern politics." Mm. Or politics right. in general, actually. Um, What's your worst pol- Bruce Willis film? Oh. You got me. You have. You have actually. You have got me. Um, 
I think even even the ones that people consider bad, I always kind of enjoyed. Like Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk was com- a complete bomb. That sounds like something you'd chuck in a microwave for two minutes and then complain that it was pish after eating it. <laughs> I know, but uh, nothing goes in the microwave for two minutes, man. Everything has to be at least three and a half. <laughs> if you do anything for two minutes, it's going to be rotten. Ready yeah. meals are better than they used to be, though. That's true. No. Remember how minging they used to be, like the microwave lasagnas and stuff you used to get, and it would just be wow. just, a, just a plate of mush. Literal oh. mush. Swamp. Um, but now, man, you get a you get a ready meal, you get a, a curry or a Chinese meal or something. If it's about a fiver, you know you're going to be all right. It's going to be edible. Three fifty, three three pound fifty. You're on a winner. Sometimes you get three for seven quid, and I oh, what proper winner. Um, <laughs> why are we talking about ready meals? This is so funny, man. You clearly try to fill a gap until I get. Uh, but it's what we do. Is how we roll. Uh. <laughs> I I don't really eat a lot of ready meals, but when I do, I like macaroni, and it has to be no the shite one because the pish macaroni ones like you put it in the microwave, come out, and it's just basically water with pasta, and you're basically just like forking out the fucking pasta as the water drips off it, right? <laughs> if you get yourself the Cathedral City one, you're you're on about a fiver, right? At least it's edible. It's Aye. edible, right? Yeah. The but, Macintosh is meals are good man macintosh uh they're, they're consistent macaroni cheese and they're consistent like, haggis neeps and tatties and stuff they're very like they look rotten like the haggis neeps and tatties just looks like literally like a big tub of shit but <laughs> the flavors are amazing anyway i was i was going to tell uh, you something before we came on here and i thought i'm going to say oh, it for yeah. because i want i want to see you chuckle at it uh-huh. um when i was getting put out under the general anesthetic they're like right we're going to give you a, a strong painkiller it's going to feel like you've had about five or six gins when this kicks in i was all right cool yes i'm not a drink this weekend <laughs> so they 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 put it in um and it was about 20 seconds later i was like oh i was like oh there that is that's lovely and then <laughs> After I woke up for the general anaesthetic, I was like, "Can I ask you something?" This to, to the nurse that was kind of bringing me around. I was like, "Just before I went out, I said, was I singing a song?'" She's like, "You were, I." I was. I said, "What was I singing?" She was like, "I think it was a football song." I'm like, "Fuck, what?" I was like, <laughs> a- "Anybody that knows me well enough knows I have no time for football." So I was like, why the fuck was I singing a football song? And then I remember the night before, like when I had my night over, my stay over in the hospital, I watched uh, Green Street on Netflix. <laughs> so I went, was I singing I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles? <laughs> She's like, Forever you... Blowing Bubbles, it matters. <laughs> <laughs> every, every shite I do is a Twix class. Um, but uh, so, so that that was funny. Then I saw another nurse later on. He was like, oh, you give me a right chuckle when you were about to go under. I was like, oh, I was singing. He's like, no. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he goes, just before you went out, you, you went, has anybody else in here got a sad ass? <laughs> oh, I wish I'd seen a GoPro. Does make you feel us. drunk then, aye? Oh, it was very, very pleasant. Like I can't I can't oh. remember saying the thing about the sore arse. I, rem- I, like, I vaguely remembered singing a song, couldn't remember what it was, and then it was confirmed. Um but uh <laughs> is anybody else in here got a sore arse? <laughs> <Say that. laughs> 
But it's funny though, like see before before they, they do it, they give you like a waiver to sign to basically say <laughs> if we destroy your body, it's not our fault. Um <laughs> like just so you know with this procedure, some, sometimes um we can damage the sphincter muscles and you can end up incontinent. I was like <laughs> cool. Oh, fucking please. I was like, come in with a serious arse, and then I'm shitting my pants for six months. Like, superb. <laughs> six months, no. Six no, years. No, they said they said some said some people it goes away after about six months. Then he just went, some people it's longer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no cap on how long you'll be capping your pants. <laughs> so and and then uh, obviously you get the <laughs> the general it's like now sometimes it's very, very rare, but sometimes the general anesthetic, people do die. <laughs> Coming for a death sentence for a sermon. <laughs> this autumn, starring Bruce Bruce Willis. <laughs> Bruce. De- death sentence. That was a Kevin Bacon film. <laughs> oh, that was great. Um, so I, is it, they, they really put the fear of God in you just before you go under. It's like if something <laughs> happens once during a procedure, they have to list it as a possible, um, not side effect, a possible, um, <laughs> possible uh, outcome, an outcome. Um, I said that. So... <laughs> Did you? Sorry. Ah, I said outcome. Oh. And you never acknowledged it, so I thought, right, okay, happening. <laughs> oh, but clearly, I was still trying to put words together in my head, man. Give, oh. give, me, a bit of, give me a bit of space. Hey, hey, Eric. Hey. Hey, hey. How you doing? Not bad. Hey. Nice to meet you. I thought Bruce Willis had popped in there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Hey, doing good. How you guys doing? Ah, good. We were just basically talking about our favourite Bruce Willis films there until you came in. Um, some of which you've been a part of. Um, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, we're live so right much. now and we've got guys in the chat and whatnot. So we were just going to chat to you about basically how you got involved in the Bruce Willis game. I mean, that's not something that you can go to college to study, right? But <laughs> you found yourself in that really cool position where you're able to be on set and be in films with Bruce Willis. I mean, how did that come about? Well, to be honest with you, I could. It would probably take me a couple hours to uh, to to uh, give you the whole backstory, man. It. Um, You've I got start, time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I started. Um, I, I was always a big fan of Bruce Willis, especially uh, when I first saw the first Die Hard movie. Um, but it it didn't really start uh, to kick in for me until probably about. 1998 or 99 um and and uh you know people started telling me hey man you look like bruce willis you know you need to go to hollywood and work with bruce so um yeah i mean it just kind of you know the more i started um hearing people make comments about the uh the resemblance um you know just kind of actually become started to become a um a desire to want to see if i could get that opportunity to work with him so um so what yeah. was your what was your first steps in trying to pursue that uh career move well i mean like i said i when i when i first started you know people would come up to me and make the comment it, it just kind of over time just kind of started to become a uh you know like a desire like it, like a fire started burning on the inside of me like you know what maybe maybe there's something to this um mm. Maybe I do have a look, but it, you know, it wasn't that easy. I, you know, I, I never had an agent. I never had anybody, uh, you know, get out and, and, and work for me or, you know, um, do what an agent does. So I had to, uh, yeah, I was just kind of fortunate. There was a, a guy that lived next door to me 
um, that actually happened to be a uh, photographer for mm. the government. So, um, <laughs> and he and I were buddies. So he uh, he said, "Hey, man, won't you uh, won't you get a couple of a uh, couple of looks and and uh, come on down to my studio and we'll do all your uh, do all your your shots for nothing. We'll let the government pay for it." And I was like, "Well, that <laughs> well that works." that works good for me because I don't have any money. <laughs> you know? So nice. So, uh, yeah, you know, I took, I took down, took down, the, you know, his studio, a couple of outfits and, you know, we did a couple of, uh, of nice shots. And, um, back then, you know, I, I live in Maryland and, um, can you guys see me? All right. I'm trying to, yeah, yeah. I haven't been on this, this, um, <laughs> particular site before. So I'm trying to make sure you, ah. the camera looks good. And now nah, you sound great and look very, Bruce Much Willis. Like Bruce Willis. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, so we did these, we did these, we did the photo shoot and, um, you know, I, he, he developed the eight by 10 photos for me and I had to, uh, you know, pull the phone book out back in the day. <laughs> that's how we found, that's how we found, you know, people's addresses or phone numbers. So we, uh, you know, they really didn't have a big section for acting and, and modeling um, in Maryland in the phone book that I had. So I think it might've been like maybe a half a page in this book that was that thick. So, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I grabbed a couple of numbers out of it and um, uh, one of them happened to be a modeling agency and the other one ha happened to be a uh, casting director. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the old HBO show Homicide yeah, or, or, Life or on the, the Streets. Life on the Streets or The yeah. Wire. The Wire, HBO's The Wire. That's right, The Wire. So there was a uh, casting director that uh, uh, Pat Moran was her name. So I just I just got the address and 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 tucked a, a tucked a photo or two in the uh, in an envelope, mailed it to her, and then I mailed a couple of uh, um, shots over to this modeling agency. <clears throat> well, about a year went by. And then I finally got a call uh, from the modeling agency. So um, they, uh, it was, I can't even remember the girl's name now. It's been so long. It's been 20 something years ago. But um, so anyway, she, uh, she said, oh my gosh, where are you? Are you, are you in Maryland? Are you local? And, and um, I said, yeah, I'm in Maryland. Um, and she said, well, we, we have, uh, we got some people that are interested in you, you know, cause you look so much like Bruce Willis and, <laughs> and we'd like to, we'd like to get you to an audition, um, for the film Unbreakable. Oh, so, what, what a film. Uh, yeah. I was like, Oh man, that, that's exciting. Yeah. That'll work for me. All right. You know, <laughs> tell, me, tell me when and where. So, so, uh, anyway, so we, we arranged, she and I, we drove up to, uh, uh, Philadelphia, where they were doing, where they had the casting director that I had to go um, and meet. And I thought I was going to get the job hands down. I mean, I just thought they wanted to uh, look at me and, you know, see if I look like Bruce Willis and um, see if, you know, we had the same build, height and all that kind of stuff. And um, so anyway, long story short, I get there. Uh, I, I go back, I read, which I didn't know I was going there to read. I thought I was just going there for them to, to look at me. And I mean, I was nervous. I mean, that's the first time, first time I'd ever been into a casting director's office or, 
anything related to film. Um, so I'll never forget sitting in the uh, waiting room. I mean, there was a couple of actors that were going back and forth to audition. And uh, yeah, I just sat there just nervous the whole time. And, and the girl sat next to me, uh, the, the, um, the, the agent that I went up there with, um, you know, we just kind of, kind of chit chatting back and forth, but yeah, I was, I was extremely nervous and, and people kept staring at me, you know, they would <laughs> sit there and look over like, you know, is that, you know, I don't know what they were thinking, whether Bruce was there or you know, <laughs> maybe they thought, you know, I did resemble him. I don't know what, what the heck they were thinking, but all I know is I was nervous. <laughs> and, um, so this guy got up and he comes over to me and he said, man, look, Christ, man, I, you took the hat off. You look like him. That's ridiculous. He, he says, dude, I, I don't mean to keep staring at you, man, but dude, your, your profile, you look exactly like Bruce Willis. He said, uh, <clears throat> I got here. Let me give you one of my business cards. He said, um, he said, the lady here, you're, you're, you're going to audition in front of today. He said, I'm good friends with her. I do, I do voiceover work for her. And, um, you know, and um, so take my card. I got an idea for a commercial. And uh, I said, all right, sweet. So, I, you know, I took his card and, and tucked it in my pocket and shook his hand. And that was the end of that. So, uh, you know, then I got called to come back to meet this director. And and I had to read in front of, uh, you know, in front of the camera. And, and uh, I had no idea. I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that. So I didn't, I didn't know the script. I mean, it was only like a one page, um, um, piece for me to read. And, but was anyway, six, was that the sixth sense ad that you it did? It was, it was the, uh, uh, it was the, uh, unbreakable, unbreakable it, film. It was unbreakable. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if you saw the movie, but they, yeah, they go, yeah, they go back in time and they had the young, they had the young Bruce Willis mm. that that's in the car accident with his girlfriend. And, yeah. Uh, so anyway, again, I thought hands down, I mean, I wasn't arrogant or overconfident, but I felt like, you know, I, I, I had a pretty good chance of, of getting the part to, you know, stand in photo double for Bruce. And um, so anyway, I read and after that, I looked at her and I said, uh, so so now what, what do I do now? And she said, well, if we're interested. We'll call you. And I said, OK, cool. All right. So I go back home. About a week goes by, two weeks, three weeks, a month. Never heard back from anybody. So you know that was kind of like the first taste of rejection I had that I I got uh, was was you know going in there to audition, didn't get called back. Um, then they started filming, and I'm thinking, man, this sucks. Um, <laughs> you know, I knew I had a look, I just didn't just didn't know how to get to it. So. The funny story about that whole situation with this casting director and the, the casting directing company was called Mike Lemon. So I think they did the uh, Sixth Sense. They did Unbreakable and maybe one or two other films with Bruce in it. Mm. Um, so they were familiar with him. And um, so anyway, the funny part about that whole story was about a year later, I get a call from the guy that gave me the card. And he said, listen, man, we want to have you come up to my house and, and we do these funny car commercials. And um, 
Um, it's me and a, a friend of mine that do them. And, and, you know, we're like the, uh, we're like the uh, wild and crazy guys, Steve Martin and, and uh, uh, is, I think it's Dan Aykroyd. Uh, you know, they kind of lookalikes and they do these silly commercials. But everybody in that area of, of New Jersey, Philadelphia, they, they knew these guys. So yeah. um, he said, man, I got an idea. You come up, we're going to do a, a takeoff of the Sixth Sense. Yeah, and, that's what um, I was thinking of. Yeah, and and he said we got it. We got a young boy that was actually supposed to double for, for the kid that was in that film, um, and some contract stuff fell through, so he didn't get the part. So both of us, you know, were were passed over. Me and this boy that looked a whole lot like, <laughs> like the, uh, like the guy that was in that that played. I think it was Haley Joe Osmond was his yeah. name. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, man, we had a good time. We shot, we shot the bedroom scene where, you know, the boys hiding underneath the covers and, and they shot me from the profile and then they had a couple of, uh, over the shoulder and, and, um, we had a great time. We shot this commercial, you know, they put it together. It, 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 it went on TV and the casting director that passed over on me that day, she saw it on TV. And so mm. she freaked out. She got on the phone and called this guy. <laughs> and the guy's the guy's name was Joel Gibbs. And uh, so Joel gets a call from from the lady, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, where? How'd you get Bruce Willis?" <laughs> and, and, and the guy the guy tells her, he said, "Look, that was the guy that was in your your office that day. You auditioned him." <laughs> and she was like freaking out, like, "Oh my gosh, how did we overlook this guy?" So it was, that's kind of what got the ball rolling. Um, you know, it was right out of the gate. It was rejection for me. Um, and then the commercial was cool. And then I started, um, landing a bunch of like background extra work, um, a, a HBO film called a shot in the heart. That was like the first set I'd ever been on with a, a fantastic actor the, I only worked like one scene, but they put oh. me like right next to this guy named Giovanni Rabizzi. Oh uh, yeah. He's fantastic. He, he yeah, is. He is. he is phenomenal. He's in uh, Ted. He, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He is in Saving Ted, Private though. Ryan. He's on a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. But, Avatar. Yeah. I wasn't familiar mm. with the guy at first. So I'm like, cause I was nervous. They put me in front, you know, next to him and another guy that was in a, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and mm. you know I, again I didn't know what was going on cameras and people hollering and screaming and you know a bunch of chaos and then they holler action and these two guys are back and forth and I'm in between both of them <laughs> as they're having this conversation but anyway I kind of after that day of shooting I went home and uh, I, I was watching uh, Nicolas Cage's film Gone in 60 Seconds yeah yeah mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the guy that I was sitting next to, you know. <laughs> so it, it was it was pretty cool, man, because I, I liked him. I mean, he that dude's a heck of an actor. So yeah. uh, so, I mean, you know, I got on that set and then I got on, got called from actually let me back up that casting director that I sent the uh, photos to a year before that. I started getting getting phone calls from her. For, mm. for background, you know, uh, extra roles. And, and that's, again, that's where I got my um, taste of, of how the, you know, how, how a movie set is run and, 
who's who, what's what, and what goes on. And um, so, yeah, it was it was really cool. So I got a call for this uh, shot in the heart, and then I got a call for uh, um, HBO's The Wire, mm-hmm. and that was a fun set. It was a small set, but there was a lot of good actors on that film, and um, so they made me a cop. <laughs> and which I thought that was pretty cool. So I got any, you know, I, I played a cop most of the time when I worked for them. And then there was a, a couple of times I played a, um, I worked on the second season um, mm. as a longshoreman. So we were out on the loading docks. Yeah. So I don't know if you, if you ever followed that show. It was, it was pretty good. I think they shot uh, five seasons of uh of hbo's the wire but it was i mean it was like so real life and yeah it was it was just a good a good uh set a good group to be a part of for that second season i I was on it for a couple episodes so um and then i got a call not long after that for ladder 49 Mm -hmm. um which was joaquin phoenix uh john John travolta robert patrick i mean a whole list of uh, amazing actors and I think right, was, I'm here. Of, yeah uh, there we are that's There's you there yeah yeah, yeah. Joaquin. Yeah. what a nice yeah. guy and another yeah. amazing actor yeah and uh john goodman as well goodman was a excellent i mean he was just fantastic i mean he's such a gentleman real kind um just really neat i got to work a couple of scenes with him um in the uh, film Once Upon a Time in Venice. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, back to the uh, Ladder 49, that was <clears throat> that was a cool experience. I think I worked like three days on that as a wedding mm-hmm. guest. And I actually <laughs> actually made it in one of the uh, scenes. And um, But I'll never forget, like, <laughs> I had just seen the movie Gladiator. Yeah. On the big screen and you know, and, and Joaquin's character in that film, man, and Gladiator, I mean, I, I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> he was ruthless, man. I wanted to, I wanted to knock him out, you know, <laughs> but a sign he, of a good actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he really, he really pushed my buttons in that film, but, uh, um, I'll never forget when he came walking in, I was like replaying like one of the scenes, you know, where he comes marching in, in, in the gladiator movie and it, it was just crazy but but what a good dude how cool it was for me to watch him you know do his thing and and mm. so one of the cool stories about that about that film was they put me they put me at a table again i played a wedding guest um at, at, at uh joaquin's wedding in the film and they put me next to john travolta and Robert yeah. Patrick. So yes. That, that was cool. So I'm I'm sitting there looking at John like, oh man. I mean, I was starstruck being next to him. Yeah. Because I, I loved all his films and you know the old sitcom Welcome Back Cotter that I grew up watching as a kid. And so Robert Patrick, the guy from the Terminator movie, mm-hmm. he looks over at uh John, he said, John, look at this guy next to me, man. He looks just like Bruce Willis. <laughs> So, uh, Robert was in, I think it was the second, um, Die Hard with, with Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the, the, the buzz started going around the set. Hey, we got, 
Bruce Willis on set now. So <laughs> I started getting like, oh my gosh, this might be my, this might be my ticket to connect with Bruce. And, and, um, anyway, I, you know, I made some friends and, and, uh, got, I got close, but I didn't get connected to Willis, which I was hoping somebody would step up, you know, and, 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 uh, make a call or, or somebody had to know somebody, mm. but, but it didn't work out. And, um, you know, it was kind of a letdown, but people didn't forget me. So each time I worked on these sets, you know, the, you know, again, people remember that I had that look mm -hmm. and, and, uh, so after ladder 49, then hostage, the film, hostage. film. Mm -hmm. yeah, man, I love that film. Um, that was fantastic. It was really yeah, good. That, that was actually one of my favorite movies that he did. Um, but anyway, I sent some, again, I'm mailing eight by tens out and I'm sure probably almost every picture I ever sent out ended up in the garbage can, but, uh, <laughs> um, but timing, the timing wasn't right. So the, um, the, the casting director, I sent it out to him out in California and got a call within, you know, a couple of weeks after I mailed it out. And, and the guy asked me, where are you? I said, I'm on the East Coast. Well, can you make it out to the West Coast? I said, I said, yeah, no problem. I'll make my way out there. So he said, all right, well, we want to meet with you on this day, this time. I said, all right, cool. No problem. So I flew out on my own dime, <clears throat> um, found my way over to the hotel, got set up, called the guy. I might have to um, switch you guys off of these earphones and plug my phone know. in real quick. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah, I just saw a low battery, so hang on. <laughs> it's never a good time for a low battery. Man, I'm telling you. And I, I, I got one of these older iPhones, so I, I'm kind of behind the times with what I got. <laughs> so, the thing is, yep. the, the more the more modern the phone gets, the worse the batteries get. It's a, it's a true thing. So you're probably better for yours than than we are. Just yeah, <laughs> I like. I'm from you know. I just try to keep it simple, but I know that you know these. Every couple of years, they come out with a new phone, and the price keeps going up, further yep. and further. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I really if don't I could. Need all if I could do I, it, man, I'd go back to a flip phone. You know, it, it's we're all a, you just get addicted to the, these touch screens now. It's a it's a sad world that we live in. Yeah, I just like to keep it simple, man. You know, as um, mm. long as I can get a phone call, or email, and you know, maybe check Instagram, I'm good. So, <laughs> no, no, no. but um, I mean, so anyway, I got out to uh, I got out to L.A. and and I called the guy. I said, "Hey, man, I'm in town," and uh, and I'll never forget the guy saying, hey, listen, we're not going to be able to meet with you today. And I uh -huh. said, well, why not? He said, uh, you know, we can't. We just we got too many things going on. We can't meet with you. And um, he said, listen, I wouldn't do anything to piss the casting director off. And I said, right, well, whatever, dude. I said, you know, I flew out here on my, you know, my time, my dollar, and I'm here to meet with somebody. And. He said, well, we can't do it today. I said, well, no problem. I, I hung the phone up with him. And then I made my way over to the studio lot without them. So, <laughs> and um, not not to be, you know, not to be underhanded because I never, I never, 
you know, that was never the way I did things. Mm-hmm. Um, let me check this. Oh, boy. Sorry, guys. <laughs> You're all right. You're all right, so anyway, I, I went over to, I found my way over to a, a place called Raleigh Studios, which was directly across from uh, uh, Paramount Pictures mm-hmm. in Hollywood. And um, so I got over there and uh, I walked up to the, I mean, you just can't walk in this place. You got to, you have to have an appointment. You have to either work there or you have to know somebody that can get you in. Um, so I, I, I just, I just, you know, walked up to the guard shack and the guy said, Hey, who are you here to see? And I said, I'm here to see the production for the film hostage. And he said, all right, well, let me call up there and see if somebody will, you know, vouch for you and, and let you in. And, uh, and sure enough, I called, they called up and, and they said, yes, yeah, send him up. So, uh, but while I was standing there talking to this guard, the, the guys were building sets like maybe, you know, maybe 50 feet, 50 to 100 feet away from where we were. And uh, I'll never forget somebody hollering at, hey, Bruce, what's going on, man? <laughs> so, I said, That's a good sign. That's a good sign. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, he, 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 he gets a phone call and they were like, yeah, send him up. So. I got to, you know, he told me, he told me how to get up to, uh, to their office and, and, um, go in, catch the elevator, go up to the second floor, hang a right. And the office is on the left. So I go in and, uh, meet with the, uh, one of the, uh, um, I think it was the second AD of the film hostage. And they had Bruce Willis's picture on the bulletin board next to my eight by 10 that I mailed to him. Uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I met a couple of the guys, you know, that, that were, um, you know, first AD, second AD. And, and then the guy says, come on, man, let's go down the hallway. We'll meet the, uh, meet the director of the film. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then we, we came back to his office and, uh, you know, he was kind of laying out my schedule and, you know, we'll, we'll be, X amount of days over here in Simi Valley, California. We'll be over in this area for a couple of days. And um, yeah, anyway, so then as he and I were talking, <laughs> I heard the elevator kind of, you know, a, a, a ding sound. So somebody <laughs> was getting ready to get off the elevator. And who shows up that day? It was Bruce Willis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he happened to show up out of the blue. And I mean, the guy's eyes. <laughs> I was talking, he was like, oh my God, you know, like, what are the chances of this that you show up the same day he shows up? And so Bruce, you know, the minute he walked off the elevator, I, I caught his profile and I was like, I mean, I was starstruck. <laughs> Dude, this is, he, this is He thinks insane. he's back in the twilight zone again. <laughs> this, this was insane, man. So, uh. Anyway, he comes down the hallway. Hey, how you doing? You know, he looks at the guy. His name was Mark, the second AD. Shakes his hand, looks over at me. Hey, how's it going? Shakes my hand. And then he just walked back to the uh, director's office. And me and this guy were looking like, man, I better go get a lottery ticket. This this is crazy. <laughs> this is like, if I, don't, if I didn't feel lucky after that, I mean, it, it was just, it was insane. So... 
Um, anyway, I go back, I'm, I'm wound up. I go back to my hotel. I'm running on fumes cause I'm, you know, all the adrenaline and, you know, I, I felt like I finally landed a gig with him and he shows up. I got to meet him. And then, uh, the, the, the next day I call the guy that the, uh, assistant director and he says, he said, Eric, I'm sorry to tell you this, man, but he said, dude, I don't understand it, but they're going to go with the director's friend. And I was like, the director's mm. friend. And he said, mm. yeah, he doesn't look a thing like Bruce Willis. Yeah. And I said, I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. Good old fashioned so, nepotism. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, I got on that plane and I mean, I was, I was pretty much kind of in tears the whole flight home. Like this, no, this is ridiculous. Shit. So I just felt like, you know, maybe it's not for me. You know, I've had a couple of close calls. I've, knocked on doors now that door was open i thought and then you know all of a sudden it just kind of slammed on me so it it bugged me dude it bugged me that was 2004 it bugged bugged me for about two years and i would get these hollywood reporter magazines i'd get those magazines so i could find out what films bruce was working on Mm. um, and then try to keep you know, keep on top of what he was doing so I could send photos in. And that's how I found out about hostage. So, you know, you just didn't have the internet back then where you could punch up something and find out who's who, Mm. what's what, where they're, where they're filming. So anyway, that was 2004. And then fast forward to 2006, live free or die hard is in pre-production. So they're in pre-production and I happened to check this uh, casting, like a thing with Maryland film hotline. So I was, I was checking that pretty, pretty um, often to see if there was anything going on. And they were looking for a stand in photo double for Bruce Willis for live free or die hard. Mm -hmm. And the first, the first week or two they were filming right in my backyard. So, I was like, all right, well, let me, let me, let me roll the dice again and see what happens. <laughs> and so by then I had some photos online. Yeah. So I didn't have to mail anything. I was just able to email them over to the, uh, uh, I didn't have to snail mail anything. I was able to email <laughs> finally. So I sent, I sent a couple pictures over to, um, the casting director and I got a call within probably 20 minutes of sending um... Sending the photos, she said, "Oh my God, where are you? Are you local? Are you close by?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like ten minutes from where you guys are. Well, can you come down? We want to do a, you know, we want to do a, a a fitting and 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 get you in front of the camera and meet the director." And so I show up, um, and it was actually right across the street from uh, BWI Airport. Mm. That's that's where they had their staging area where they had all their john mclean's police car and you know all the all the cars that they were going to smash up in this movie and, and just, yeah there was, was a there was a lot of those it was a whole rack of them that he, he was going to shoot up or they were going to be shot up or blown up or whatever and, and i take um, it the i take it the director's friend the other stunt double didn't work out i've actually got a picture of him here this is probably who they went with <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Nepotism goes a long way, right? There it is. There it is. Yeah, you got to yeah. look up Bruce, right? <laughs> That's awesome, man. What the fuck? Oh <laughs> I did not know that was going to happen. Dude, that, <laughs> I had hey, to pull out the bag quick. That was right on point, man. So I, I get over there, and there's a couple of ball-headed guys floating around the set, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I'm looking at one guy like, well, Bruce ain't that tall. This guy was like seven foot. I'm like, he ain't going to get it. So then I was looking at this other guy, and I was thinking, eh, he, well, we'll see what happens. So uh, they fit me with uh, with uh, John McLean's uh, wardrobe, and and uh, and then I go in front of the camera, and then they bring Ju- Justin Long in, who was the, yes. the guy in the movie, Brilliant. good actor. And um, mm. so anyway, we're standing in front of the camera, and and then you know we took a couple shots, like you know, and director came in, Len Wiseman. He came in and he was kind of looking at looking me over and whatever, whatever. And um, and then, you know, I went back to wardrobe and and uh, and and was talking to the uh, actually was Bruce's um, wardrobe costume um, um, lady named Laurie. She'd been with him since, I believe, moonlighting. (laughs) That was back a ways. (laughs) I mean, way, way, way back. So uh, I said, do you think I'll get the part? And she said. Hey, listen, sweetheart, you got it hands down. It's your part. It's your role. So I was like, I was just, I was floored that I was, I was so, so grateful. But the cool thing was, um, the first AD from the film hostage was on die hard four. Oh, right. And when he saw me, he said, man, we never forgot you, dude. We never (laughs) forgot you. You should have had that part you should have been yeah. working with him then it, goes, so, it shows you the shows you the, the importance in that industry of kind of taking the bulls by the horns and mm-hmm. and just like if you decided that day not to go to the studio because the agent wasn't going it, it none of this probably would have happened you know mm-hmm. you, you decided off your own back i'm just going to go in there and see what happens and then obviously this all leads on from there yeah. And, you know, I mean, it was it was it was just nothing but persistence. I mean, I knew I had a look. I just didn't know how to get to it. And again, I never had anybody, you know, like an agent that would 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 constantly, you know, send photos out and try to set up auditions or whatever. I, I knew I had something. I kn- and there was something that was like literally like burning on the inside of me. Like, I've got this. I mean, I you know. Yeah, the door shut in my face, but then I go out to a, you know, I go out to the mall and 10 people stop me. Man, you look like Bruce Willis. You look like Bruce. <laughs> Anybody ever told you? you know, <laughs> did, did that ever, did that ever annoy you or did you always enjoy that side no, of it? Because, I mean, I, you know, because I, you know, I was such a big fan of his that I, I, I mean, I thought it was, it was an honor. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and I was, I thought it was pretty, it could have been worse. I mean, <laughs> I, I'll never forget when I was on a uh, um, film with Bruce once upon a time in Venice mm-hmm. and we did a lot of, we did a lot of night shoots and um, they had me standing in for Bruce. Um, well, I stood in for every shot that he did, but uh, they had me in this little tiny Chevy Chevette 
I don't know if you know what that looks like. But I mean, that car was tiny, mm. so, and and it was dark, and you know, there's you know crew all around the car and cameras and all this stuff, and um, and I'll never forget. I was just kind of sitting there waiting to see who 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 the actor was that was going to come and and sit in the other seat for this scene. And um, I see this big heavyset guy kind of wobbling over. And I'm like, <clears throat> the closer he got, like the more <laughs> I was like, man, I know this guy from somewhere. And um, so he opens the door, got in. And I mean, the whole car, boom. It just, <laughs> just kind of shifted like, you know, over to his side. <laughs> and, uh, but it, it was too fun. And I was looking at him. He said, oh, hey, man, how's it going? He thought I was Bruce, and I was like, nah, 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 "No, I said I'm, 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 I'm the photo double. I'm his stand-in." He said, "He said, oh man, dude, you had me fooled. I thought you were him." And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I guess it could be worse. You know, I could, you know, it could be worse." He said, "Yeah, you could look like me." <laughs> and who, who, I mean, was, I, who was I, that? I, who, who was that actor? It was a guy named Adrian Martinez that did the. Uh, he did it. He did a whole bunch. He's done a whole bunch of film, um, but he did. I remember him mostly from the uh, State Farm commercials mm -hmm. that they run here. The the where he was a cheesehead for, <laughs> with, for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you remember any of those commercials, but uh, I said, I said, have you, you? Do I know you from any films? And I just saw the movie Focus with Will Smith. Yeah, and and Adrian Martinez was in that. But he's been in a bunch of bunch of films and he again like giovanni that those two guys are are amazing actors and mm -hmm. uh but i just got the biggest laugh out of that i mean <laughs> just know. um just to to clarify something for anybody watching this who doesn't understand the role of a stand-in what's what's the the purpose of the stand-in is it is it just is it just to be there to <clears throat> to light the shots for him when he comes in or do, do you actually appear on camera as well? Is it a mixture yeah, of mean, both of these things? The stand in is, is what you just said, lighting, you know, um, you know, just maybe a couple of rehearsals, you know, and a lot of times like Bruce would, he'd sit back with a the director. They, you know, uh, I would do the rehearsal and then he, he can kind of get an idea of what he's going to look like doing mm. the shot. Yeah. And, I guess you know if you if you favor the actor more, then that help you know helps whoever. I mean, it just helps them see what they're going to look like. Mm, yeah. So, um, but yeah, this I did a lot of standing in toward the. I mean, I mean not toward, but in the beginning of my career, um, you know, because the way they did cameras and stuff back then was totally different than the way yeah. they're doing now. Yeah, you know, everything's kind of kind of on the shoulder or. You know, they'll have the harnesses. So it's a whole lot easier nowadays. But back then, I mean, they'd set tracks up and leveling track, all that stuff. That it took them, man, it would take them, you know, hour, two hours sometimes to get everything straight. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, people think that, oh, wow, you stand in for Britain. Yeah, but it's cool. But, I mean, after you're standing there for two, three hours <laughs> and everybody forgets about you and you're still standing there. <laughs> <laughs> that little mark that they it's like, man, my knees were killing me. <laughs> and then I was thinking, man, this sucks. 
that's the stuff people don't realize when they watch uh, a movie. They have no clue how long it takes to set up a shot, even mm-hmm. even a, you know the filming a shot. It you know depends on what the director, how many takes he wants. So it yeah. can it can be brutal sometimes. So. Your your credits change between stand-in and uh, stunt performer. When, when did the stunt thing start coming in, and and how what kind of level of stunts were you doing? I mean, uh, obviously you didn't come from a, a background of stunts. I understand that you you're a landscaper um, to trade. Um, so the biggest stunt you would have would be like a ride on lawnmower. Um, so <laughs> where, where where did the stunt start coming into play? Yeah, I mean for me, well, let me. You, I, let me see. I think I lost you guys as far as... No, 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 no. Still here. we're still here. We're still here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Just giving you the floor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate it. Um, um, for me, when I was on Live Free or Die Hard, when we were out in California, um, I'll never forget, We uh, there was a bunch of night, sh- uh, uh, night shoots that we did for that film as well, but... Mm. Um, I'll never forget that I was watching the uh, Bruce's then um, stunt guy, Larry, Larry Rippenkroger. Fantastic dude. Uh, he was in the, in, he was in the movie uh, Waterworld. Waterworld's a phenomenal movie. Yeah, that doesn't get enough credit. Waterworld is a no, fantastic I film. I think I it's, uh, it, it kind of gets, it gets shit upon for some reason, but I think it's a great film. It was cool, mm. man. I watched it, and I had no idea who he was. I do remember his part, though. Uh, he and I. I think you're. I think you're covering your microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Oh, there we go. <laughs> That's so, it. Sorry about that. That's <laughs> um, Yeah. So anyway, I'll never forget. He and I, when we were in, we were in downtown Baltimore on the first week of Live Free or Die Hard. We were kind of leaning on McLean's car, and and. Um, I mean, it was so cool, man. I, I didn't even tell you that story when I finally got that big break with Bruce uh, to finally get that opportunity. I mean, I was, yeah, I was on cloud nine to um, get that get that big break after all those years of, of close calls and you know, you know, uh, uh, people overlooking me. And I mean, it, I just felt like that I can look back now and see that it was timing and um, sometimes it's not the right time, you know, and, and uh, you know, sometimes you have to go through things in life to, you know, to, to uh, learn, grow, you know, the, the rejection helps you, you know, build some tough skin and, and um, you know, I mean, life's not easy. And, and, you know, you know, I hope, I hope my story, you know, one day if I, if I can tell it, tell the mm. whole thing, that it'll inspire somebody because I, you know, I don't, I mean, I, I had this dream to work with this guy. I mean, yeah, it might have been a far-fetched idea. I mean, he lived in California. I'm in Maryland and yeah, I have a resemblance, but how do I get to this guy? How do I get close enough to where one of his people, if not him, would would say, yeah, he does look like me. <laughs> Let's give them an opportunity, you know. Um, so it, it took me a long time to get in. And, I mean, there was a bunch of times I was ready to quit. You know, a couple times I was kind of almost like angry and in tears. and But I didn't give up. I didn't mm-hmm. quit. I knew I had something. And so I I kept pushing, you know, and kept kept pursuing it. And, uh, 
toughness and tried to, you know, just grit and keep, keep going for it. And, um, eventually it paid off, but yeah, the, the coolest thing for me with uh, one of the highlights of this whole career that I had with him was, was, uh, when, when, I don't know if you remember that scene, um, in live free or die hard, but he and Justin Long are in the cop car and they're at an intersection and they're talking back and forth. And, and then the light turns green and, just before Bruce goes, this trash truck runs the red light. Yeah. Yeah. Runs the green light because that's what <clears> the <throat> terrorists did is confuse all the, you know, all the lights and stuff and uh, the traffic lights. And and um, so anyway, the, the uh, dump truck, I mean, a uh, trash truck comes speeding through the light, smacks a cab right in front of Bruce's car. And then, you know, he jumps out of his car, jumps up on top of the hood on the roof. And so I had to do all that before he did it. Um, and I'll just never forget that feeling. I mean, being on top of that car with that leather jacket, that <laughs> stuff, the, the clothes that he had on, cameras, you know, pointing. I mean, it was just it was just an amazing, um, just an amazing ride for me. I mean, and just just feeling for me to uh, to to you know, think to myself that I, after all these years, I had finally made it. And my mom, I'm going to give her a shout out who's no longer here, but she was like one of my, she was my biggest fan. Um, and she passed away like two years before that, uh, movie, before that movie opportunity. So I'll just never forget. She flashed in front of my eyes thinking how proud she would have been. And then just, I mean, just the whole thing was amazing just to get that opportunity. The place was going bananas. There was people everywhere hanging out of buildings. The news was there that people taking pictures. And I mean, it, it was, just, it was like a, I was on cloud nine. I mean, it was <laughs> such a, such a rush. Um, but then, like I said, all the, all the uh, thoughts of, of everything that I had gone through to get to that point. Um yeah, it was all flashing before me. So, um, but anyway, so that was that was a highlight for me uh, to 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 be able to do that for him and work with him. And so, back to the other story, um, Bruce's guy was walking through a stunt where he was on the uh, fire escape on the second floor, <clears throat> and um, we were kind of looking over our schedules. It was. Again, it was nighttime, and um, and I'll never forget. Like they had a, uh, they had like a, a machine that was a, a steam simulator. Yeah. So it had steam floating up to, up to this, um, this fire escape, that was metal, iron. Um, but anyway, we were working, you know, looking at our schedules, and all of a sudden we heard this, we heard this loud thud. Hey, how you, I'm sorry. I got a buddy of mine coming over. <laughs> how you doing, man? I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. And clip. That's <laughs> <laughs> my nephew Dawson, man. A couple of guys. Hey, hey. hey. For Bruce Willis. Man. Hey, oh, hey. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> this guy's a hunter here, man. He's a, he's, he'll, have his own, he'll have his own hunting show one day. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, man, it was... um. 
it was it was a crazy event because the guy was Larry was walking through the uh through the stunt that they were gonna do and then all of a sudden we heard this loud thud and he had fallen um mm. from the second floor down and smacked the asphalt and he wasn't moving. We thought he was dead. And um so fortunately and thank God he survived. I mean he was broke up, but that was the end of you know, he didn't come back to that movie. He had several broken bones and uh, he was in bad shape. But they were asking me, hey, do you do stunts? And I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that position just came available. Hey, <laughs> hey y'all ain't killing me. <laughs> you know? But Larry, Larry, I meant to tell you, Larry was a tough dude, man. He, I said, Larry, when did, so how did you get started in this business? And he said, you know, he was a stunt guy. He's a professional jet skier. I said, really? Never heard of that, but all right. And uh, he says, uh, yeah, you remember that movie Waterworld? And I was like, yeah. He said, that was me that did that stunt where I jumped up, went underwater, and then popped mm. back up. And I was like, dude. I think that's the only thing I really remember about that movie. <laughs> I mean, that was that was totally off the hook. That and the webbed so, feet. <laughs> the webbed yeah. feet, yeah. That was yeah. <laughs> I mean, but this guy, I watched him during these stunts, like taking. Now we're downtown Baltimore City. I mean, you mm. got the you got blocks, you know, street blocks, and he's taking this car and like turning on a dime at a high rate of speed as this helicopter is flying in between these buildings. <laughs> I, I mean, it was, it was, it was gnarly, man. It was so cool to, to, to witness that, see it, watch him, watch him drive. He ended up coming yeah. back and working with Bruce, I think in the film, I think surrogates, but also he did Bruce Willis's, um, not, I don't know if he did all of it, but I know he did some of it. His uh, stunt driving in um, Die Hard 5. Mm. Right. Oh. But uh, Larry's off the hook. But I, that again, back to them asking me, I was like, <laughs> I don't think I'm the guy for <laughs> doing those crazy stunts that these guys do. So, but um, yeah, yeah, Bruce ended up getting the guy, I think. Later on in that movie, a guy by the name of Stewart um, that ended up working with him for 30 some odd movies. So mm. um, and he and I worked together. And, um, but I, I did a couple of minor things like in Death Wish, mm. uh, film Death Wish. Um, and then I did a, a couple of other uh, minor things um, toward the toward kind of the end of Bruce's career, which. That was that was a really a, like a, and like I was telling you earlier, um, when I first started with him, there's a lot of stand. I stood in for every shot, every mm. movie I worked for, I stood in for him. But then toward you know the, like the middle of the career, of his career, and toward the end, it was a lot more of uh, the photo double, which was man, I was honored. I was mm. totally honored to to. Uh, work with these first team actors and what's the difference there between the stand-in and the photo double oh yeah i mean you you know again it helps to look like you're you you know man or woman whoever it is you're standing in for but (laughs) like like a photo double if you look like the person i mean 
they can just use you in so much more mm-hmm. um, of, of the shots. And so that, that was always, that was exciting. That was really exciting for me was to study him during whatever film we were working on. And I had to pay, you know, really close attention as to what he was doing, you know, dur- you know, during each scene and did he had the phone in this hand that he, you know, whatever it was, he had to pay, you know, really close attention as to what it is he was doing because when it was my turn to photo double, then they would flip the camera around, go over my shoulder profile, and they really did get some wide shots. Mm. Um, I mean, some sometime a couple close-up shots too, but um, it was just such an honor, man, such an honor to work work with him, work for him, and to be the best Bruce Willis I could be for, for him. So, so uh, you yeah. should write a book. Yeah, <laughs> I, a book. I've, had, I've had a few people tell me that. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's, I got a couple of things in mind. It's just back to what I was saying earlier, timing. I mm. mean, uh, you know, we want things that kind of happen right away. All of us are like, we, it's hard to be patient for anything, but yeah. Um, you know, but, you just got to keep grinding. If you know you have something, I mean, I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a talent for something or a drive for something. And, you know, you just keep pursuing it and keep pushing and, and eventually it'll work out. Um, again, I got, I, I got a couple of things in mind, but I'll, I'll, you know, I feel like when the time is right, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, uh, we'll revisit those couple of ideas that I've got. So, I've got a great title for your book. It's called Bruce Willish. <laughs> there was a the guy on one of the sets I worked for, and he, he used to call me Bruce Will is it? <laughs> My so I always got a kick out of that too, man. That's amazing. Um, what would you what would your advice be to be to anyone out there that that wants to break into the industry, whether it's looking like someone wanting to be a stuntman or purely just want to be an actor, what, what would your advice be to them? I mean, as I said, just, if you know, just pursue it with all your heart, strength, and, and uh, you know, get all the training you can. And, I, you know, I was really fortunate because I didn't go to acting school. And, you know, I, I mean, I was, I was extremely blessed to be able to get in the way I did and then they'd mm. be able to become a SAG member like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm almost, I'm almost 20 years, uh, coming up on 20 years of being mm. a SAG member, but it was all because of live free or die hard. So, I mean, you know, again, it, it just, whoever listens to this, uh, this podcast and, you know, I just encourage anybody, if that's what you want to do, work hard, mm-hmm. you know, learn as much as you can, you know, understand that, you know, you're not always going to win. You're going to lose sometimes, yeah. too. And that's part of, that's part of, you know, that's part of life. I mean, you know, you got to go through the challenges and the, and the struggle. And, you know, I, I feel like that makes it that much better. Yeah. You know, once you once you you look back on 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 uh, what it is you went through. I mean, I got some scars. You know, I got some <laughs> I got some scars in here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, there was a bunch of times where my feelings were hurt, but, you know, or my ego was hurt or whatever, but I didn't give up and, and, uh, eventually it paid off. And I, you know, I give God all the credit because I feel like, again, I know I repeat myself, but back to timing, sometimes it's not the right time, Mm -hmm. you know, and things got to play out a little bit. And then, you know, when it's, when it's your opportunity, it'll happen. So, you know, so that's, that's my advice. I hope that, you know, helps somebody not to give up. Look at me. I I mean, I didn't give up. (laughs) I didn't give up and I ended up, you know, first time I saw my name in one of the credits of his movies. I mean, it's like, (laughs) it's like a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. like a, oh, like, a pla- like a plaque on your wall or a, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah there we go yeah so many yeah. images here oh, man. throughout your just, career I'm with bruce grateful. i love yeah. bruce willis i love him i appreciate him giving me that opportunity yeah there we go look at that one yeah. you can't yeah. you can't tell the difference at all <laughs> i know I mean, there there's a stunt right there jumping in the ambulance and fighting with uh yeah with, uh, Val Kilmer's son. Yeah, I mean, I just, we had such a good time. Uh, I love you, that guy, man. I appreciate him allowing me in his space and, yeah, you know, and, and giving me the opportunity that he gave me. And, uh, yeah, you know, a shout out to Stephen Eads, the guy that took me under his wing mm. and, um, and um, you know, gave me the opportunity to work with Bruce. Bruce Willis. Yeah. So no, I'm amazing. grateful, man. And I'm grateful no. you guys had me on again. No, hoping, our pleasure. Hoping inspires somebody. So absolutely. <laughs> absolutely inspires us. Absolutely inspires us. And thanks to Brian Trainer for, for hooking us up together. Well, he, first thing he good, said. He's a good dude. I had I had to I had to listen to him real quick. He's kind of hard to understand his accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know I got an accent. You know, people always ask me, man, where you, you don't sound like you're from Maryland. You sound like you're from the South or whatever. But, but um, you know, yeah, he's a great guy, man. Really Absolutely. Nice guy. He's got a big heart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You've done, Brian, you've done, you've done real well to understand our accents through the whole yeah. podcast. So yeah. Totally. yeah. No, you guys, are, you guys are awesome, man. And Brian, <laughs> if you're listening, thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Absolutely. So, Janice says it was wonderful listening to you about your life. Which is brilliant. Janice is a regular here, a regular listener oh, here. That's the, awesome. The Thank show. you. I appreciate yeah. it. Hey, it's been amazing. Thank you very much for giving us your time there, Eric. Um, you're always welcome on the show, especially um, I mean, who knows what's who's no who knows what's next for you, whether it's a book, right, doing the conventions, uh, and everything that you get that you're getting up to. Um be sure to to keep in touch and we can always chat about what's up and what's happening next for you. I certainly will. And you, you, you mentioned convention. I haven't done one of those in ages and it no. just so happens. I got one lined up, um, <laughs> this coming Friday. So oh, where are you going to be? Yeah. Uh, a place in Baltimore somewhere, some big convention and they bringing in a Bruce, Bruce Willis doubled a, uh, a, good, a good friend of mine that has a business. So, uh, I'll shake some hands, take some pictures, whatever. <laughs> 
Yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks yeah. very much, mate. Thank you. And again, we look forward to seeing what you do next. It's, uh, it's been a real pleasure speaking to you. And it's the closest we'll ever get to speaking to Bruce Willis. So you've been able to give that to us. So there's another piece of good that you've done in this industry for us. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I'll tell I'll, Holler back at me. <laughs> we will. We will. All right. Take care, Thanks guys. again, mate. Thank Stay you very much. Man. Right. See you next time. You. Thank you. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a big big shout-out to, to Brian Trainer for, for hooking us up. Uh, that's, a, that's amazing. And the guy looks just like Bruce Willis, has a huge heart, and obviously led, he led his journey purely wanting to become what he wanted to become and, and became it. So yeah. that there in itself, I think that's the crux of his book, and you just salt and pepper it with all the experiences um yeah. guys make sure to go and follow 33 pictures which is brian trainer's company he does a lot of short films and he'll be doing a lot of cool stuff in the future so make sure you give him your support he uh he hooked us up tonight with eric which for us was phenomenal and i i can't say i can't say any more good stuff about all these people here tonight janice knight y'all also and we love you guys j mac would you like to say anything before we close no, just thanks again to to Brian and and Eric for coming on. Um, Amazing. It's it's great to get these stories from from kind of inside the industry to see how yeah. things work. And I, again, it, it goes to show you that that when you really want something, you just you really have to just grab the bull by the horns and and go for it. Um, yeah. Things will get things will get in your way, um, but you just need to kick their arses out of the way and just take it on yourself to be who you want to be and do what you want to do. So yeah, that's uh, it was that was a blast. Absolutely, like, subscribe, do all that cool stuff, and we'll see you guys next week. Some really cool stuff coming up, but you have to like, follow, share, and all that stuff, and you'll see next week what's next. Thank you very much. I have been Kev, as always. J Mac. I have and been me. And we'll see you guys next week. Take it easy. Bye bye. secret. I see deed folk. <laughs>